the Jericho Network on Westwood One. Welcome to One on One with Miss LaFauna. Joining me on this episode, it is a solo recording artist, Blaze Bailey. We talk about his upcoming Trinity tour with Jeff Tate and Tim Ripper Owens, his latest album, Infinite Entanglement, working with Iron Maiden, Wolfsbane, the book he's writing on, and so much more. Please, before checking out Blaze, check me out on Twitter at Mitch LaFon, M-I-T-C-H-L-A-F-O-N, one-on-one Mitch LaFon on Facebook, and paypal.me forward slash Mitch LaFon, should you care to support the podcast. I also have a YouTube page. Please check that out. And now, here is the one, the only, Blaze Bailey. We are speaking with singer Blaze Bailey. Uh, good day, Blaze. Always a pleasure. Hello. How's the weather there? It's gorgeous. It's it's about 28 degrees Celsius and sunny, so you can't complain. That sounds great. <laughs> Doesn't it, though? Where where are you right now? Or, or how uh, is the weather I'm at there? home in England on a rare day of, of being all over the place lately, but uh, um, England, I'm in England, and it's very, very grey, but it's not cold or raining, thank goodness. Well, you'll be over in uh, Canada and Montreal in about a couple of, in a couple of weeks, actually, in September, and, and the weather should still be very nice. We should still be in the mid-20s with sun by then, so you're coming at the good time. Really looking forward to it. Really looking forward to the tour. Yeah, so, so let's start there. What can fans expect on this tour? Is it sort of more of infinite uh, infinite entanglement or is it a greatest hits with some of the iron maiden stuff is it acoustic is it yeah this uh, this tour is more of the uh, greatest hits and what we're doing is gradually building up infinite entanglement is doing really really well and uh, this tour will be the greatest hits with a couple of songs from infinite entanglement and then what I'm hoping to do is from next year take my European band that uh, I, I write with and record with and bring them to Canada next year as well. So this is one of the last times I'll become and using the local musicians. I always enjoy working with the guys there and uh, we had a lot of fun on the last tour. So I'm really excited to work with them again, but this will be one of the last times that uh, that I, I'm there with the Canadian musicians. Next time it will be the guys that I actually record the album with. Yeah, and that makes a, a huge difference in terms of the sound and the performance because you, you you sort of get in the pocket or comfortable with the band that you record with, obviously. Yeah, we do. Um, we we do around thirty five shows around Europe. And that is, you know, we really start to bring the songs to life. That's the main thing I'm trying to achieve when I do these things is I want to bring the songs to life. I want to make what's on the album. I'm not trying to make the song exactly the same as the album. I'm trying to make the song a live song for you at the show and, that's the the prime objective. goal, right. yeah. That's the goal that I that I have, and and most times it, it works. You know, you listen to the album; that's something to listen to. It's got a lot of details on it, but the songs are written all 
to play from a live perspective and we rehearse them live as you know we rehearse them as a set before we record them so we're, so I hope that that makes sense to people and there'll be there's a lot of people who didn't get to see me last time um, that weren't aware of the tour so I'm really hoping to reach out to a lot more of my Canadian fans this time I enjoyed it so much last time I was there and uh, I'm very very excited about coming back yeah and, and I'm looking forward to it in fact the last time uh, that you were here you played a place called the Fufun Electrique in Montreal and I had a chance to go see it and I was just incredibly amazed how it all came together your voice the stage presence the songs I remember speaking to you back then and you were telling me that the the tour and your organization the management it's really very much a family business And when somebody bought a CD f from you, it really, you know, it paid for the electricity, it paid for the gas, it paid for food on the table. Is that still the same situation where it's very much a family-run business, or have you reached yeah, out? Yeah, okay. well, I'm very, uh, I'm very, very lucky that I'm able to make a living as a professional musician. It's not so uh, common, really. There are thousands and thousands of of people who dream of being a professional musician and making their living from music. And I'm outside of the mainstream. I'm a small independent artist and it's my own record label. And I do everything with a very small team of people and I managed to make a living. And that is because of the direct support of my fans. There's, um, You know, a, a lot of times my CDs aren't available in shops and when people come and buy them from the show and buy my T-shirts, that's what keeps me going. And the great news is that the Infinite Entanglement album is uh, has almost sold more than all of my other albums now. It's doing really well. And on downloads, it's we've had more downloads of Infinite Entanglement than all of my solo albums put together. So, so it's it's really going well, and that direct support that I get from my fans is something I really cherish, and uh, I think I'm lucky to have it. I think when you're in the mainstream music business, then it's very easy to forget that you are supported by fans. You don't get to meet your fans so much. And I don't think people value their fans. Um, for me, I always try to do a free meet and greet at every headline show that I do. If it's a Blaze Bailey headline show, then I try to do a free meet and greet to everyone so I can personally thank every one of my fans. And that's something that I look forward to doing every time. And it's, uh, I'm just very grateful, really, that I've got so much fantastic support. And I didn't even know that I would be able to come back to Canada. And uh, the fans there have supported me so much, so making it possible for me to come back. Yeah, and, and you know, that, that's an important point that you make, because I, I remember the days of standing at, at the back of a venue waiting for the rock star to walk out, and you, you get a picture, you get an autograph, and, and there was something unique and special about that. Now... It's, it's almost become a, a perversion where it's $1,200, it's $700, and you go, really, I bought your albums, I'm at the show, I bought the T-shirt, 
and now just to, to get a handshake, I got to spend twelve hundred bucks. I mean, do you find that to be a perversion too, or is it just part of the business? Um, it's just nothing to do with me, you know. When uh, at all my headline shows, a part of it is. The meet and greet, and it's very important yeah. to me to to meet my fans. If I'm supporting or I'm part of something else, then I can't do that, you know. But uh, at all of my headline shows, then then that's it. I never charge for a meet and greet, and uh, well, yeah, that's it. And I was trying to make time to to do it. Then when on my South American tour, then I managed to do a meet and greet after every show. And uh, one of them was 500 people. And I still managed to sign for every fan and have a photo with everybody that wanted a photo. So that's the way I like to do things. If I have the chance to do that, then then that's what I do. It's it's a weird thing, this whole pain for meet and greet. But the, why that is, is because... CD sales and the revenue stream that many bigger artists have counted on has disappeared or changed radically. So now to perform live is your main revenue. Years ago, CDs would have been for big artists. It's never been for me, but for big artists, then your CD revenue could eclipse what you weren't from a live tour and uh and that has changed now so so now for me as a live artist someone who goes out and performs my song all over then then it makes no difference really because you know my uh my income from a live performances has always been the main thing but for these other guys who are used to all these big CD sales and millions of CDs, now that's gone down and they earn a fraction of what they used to from that, they have to maximize what they earn from the show. So what they do is they you know, find a way to get people to pay these large amounts for the meet and greet and all of that. I don't think it's right, but, um, but I'm in a different part of the music industry. Yeah, and and that's 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 you know keeps you going. Now, um, you had with Infinite Entanglement and Silicon Messiah and Tenth Dimension, they were sort of based in science fiction and based in quantum physics and all that. You you had told me back then that you were interested in writing some science fiction books or getting into book writing. Is that something that still interests you? Is that something that you're currently working on? Yeah, the. Infinite Entanglement is part of a trilogy. Right. So it's three albums, and they are all based on a book that I'm writing, a science fiction story. And all of the characters and all of the events and all of the songs are based on things that are in the book. And I'm gradually working my way through my book bit at a time to get it together. And... um, the first album had a uh, a special elite fan pack that you could buy. I think it was the platinum one. And there you got the rough notes of the book included in the ma- little magazine that came with it. And, um, and so the first part of it is there. And then there'll be a bit more to go with the next one. 
and hopefully by 2018 when we're scheduled to bring out the third album then at the end of 2018 i'm hoping to have my book completely finished with all of the artwork and do it really really nicely as a as the kind of final part of the trilogy and then any of the songs that don't quite make sense to you or you wonder what order things should be in hopefully when you read the book you will see ah that idea comes from this chapter or ah that's what he means when he was doing this and and things like that so so that's how i'm hoping it'll work so far it's going really well and people have been very excited about the idea um i've been a lover of science fiction from a very young age and uh, and it's great to be able to bring that interest and my interest in um cosmology and uh, the universe and physics to bring all these things together in a story and combine it with my love of metal music it's been absolutely fantastic and i've had so many great compliments about the new album infinite entanglement uh, it's just been absolutely brilliant so uh, i feel very very lucky and we've just started working now on the first new songs for the second part of the trilogy and it's it it feels really good so it's it's great really to be in this situation we have three more shows of the infinite entanglement tour and we have one in sweden where we're going to play the whole album start to finish and we've got the opera singers and the narration and everything and that's kind of the grand finale of the infinite entanglement tour yeah that, that, that's going to be a great tour now once the book and project are complete do you want to take it to that next step and and see if you can get it to the big screen and get it into a into a movie project or is that not something of interest where you just want to go no it's music and book and that's it well i think that's something you'll have to tell me at the end of it <laughs> when you've when you've Read had it. the th when you've listened to the three albums if you can stand to listen to all three if they're not you know if they're good enough if they're not absolutely boring you to tears if you can listen to the three and the story excites you, then you tell me if you think it's worthy of uh, of a movie. The most important thing for me that is if it did get made into a movie, I definitely have to do the music for it. So I'm not really interested in acting in any movies, but I definitely do want to make sure that I do the music for a movie that's based on my idea. Yeah, that, that would actually be fun to see. Um, your other band, Wolfsbane. What's the current status? I mean, I saw back in May that on the Facebook page it said they're working on a new album. Are we working on a new album? Or are you still? Yeah, bit okay. by bit. It's just very difficult to get the three of us together in a room at the same time because everybody does different things. Um, I'm really busy. I didn't expect Infinite Entanglement to be so successful and. I get a lot of um, requests for for gigs and and things, so it's just very difficult to get us to get us together. We've got some ideas, 
left over from the last thing that we did that we want to work up into full songs and there's another couple of ideas for songs i've got some lyrics ready it's just literally getting together to write the songs and find a time to record it so that's what we'll be trying to do so let me ask you because you've got the solo career Infinite Entanglement is doing well. You're coming to Canada. You're, you're doing the Trinity Tour with Ripper Owens and, and Jeff Tate. I mean, you've got stuff going on. What draws you back to Wolfsbane? Why not sort of keep the entire pie for yourself and just keep being the solo guy? Um, it's just so much fun. You know, we started off because it was fun. And it's completely selfish. But every time we do our Wolfsbane shows... You know, we we feel like we're in our teens again. So uh, we we just love doing it. You know, whenever it's the original lineup, and whenever the four of us get together, we make that sound, and that's what we all love about it. So um, so yeah, we we just we really enjoy it. It's just finding the time to do it. You know, we I, I absolutely love doing it. I wish I could do a lot more of it. Okay, well, that, that, that was going to be my next question then. If you do love it so much and you want to do more of it, is it simply because the other guys are busy with other jobs and other work and other bands, or what is Well, we're all it? busy. Okay. We're all busy. So it's, um, you know, most of my things get booked a year in advance. This Canadian tour has been booked for a really long time. So it's difficult to get everybody to be able to book or put their time together in advance you know everybody's busy with different like everybody's got family when you start off in a band normally nobody's got kids people live still with their mother their, their mom and dad and they've got very few serious commitments and then you get older you've got your own house you've got kids you know You've got uh, family commitments and different work and stuff like that. So so it's just difficult, you know. It gets to be a little complicated. So let's talk about this Trinity tour with Jeff Tate and Tim Ripper Owens. It is, unfortunately for us being in Canada, a short tour in November that only hits uh, sort of upstate New York or the east coast of the States. Uh, talk to me about how that came together and... Is there any possibility that we might see some dates in 2017 or even 2018 where you guys will find time and make time for this? Yeah, there's definitely a possibility. The The only time that we had available was to, was this very, very short window in, um, in November to do these dates. And it's with the idea that if these dates go well, if people are interested about it, then we can do a much more extensive tour, um, which encompasses Canada as well. So um, we'll we'll have to see what happens next year. But we're, we kind of just want to go, well, let's see how these few shows go and what the interest is and see if people really want to see it. So far, all the Facebook messages have been, oh, I really want to see it. Please come here. Please come there. So it's looking positive, but let's see what happens yeah, when, I mean, that... uh, when, we, when we do those shows. Um, it was, uh, I think it was Jeff Tate's idea that he, he thought about it. He was, I think he was on tour with um, 
with John Moyer from Disturbed was playing bass for him for a short while while Disturbed were on a hiatus. And I think they were talking about things on the bus and uh, and he mentioned my name and then uh, that he knew Ripper as well. And, and I think that's how the idea came together. And it's a great blend of three different voices. And I'm really excited about doing the tour. The, the times when I've worked with other singers like Paul Diano, uh, the other Iron Maiden singer, it's gone really well. I, I've done uh, tours with Tim where we've done similar things and it's gone really well. So I think this will be very, very special because it's three people that really love to sing and love this music. And uh, I think it's going to be really, really good. So I'm very excited about it. And I hope it's a success, these shows in November are a success, and then we can bring it to Canada. That would be absolutely great. Yeah, and, and I have to say, from a fan's perspective, I think it's going to be great because you are three unique voices with unique talent. And Jeff obviously has got the Queensryche stuff. I'm hoping Tim would do some of the Judas Priest stuff. I would hope that you would do your solo stuff and a couple of the Maiden songs. And, you know, you get a night where you hear some Maiden, some Priest, and some Queensryche, you can't go wrong. <laughs> you just can't yeah, go wrong. Yeah, well, let's hope so. We're, let's hope so. We're, that's what that's the kind of thing that we're hoping to to do. So we hope it goes well. Um, and let me, I know that we had 20 minutes, so let me finish on this. Uh, you know, you did, of course, the X Factor in virtual, uh, um, what do you call it, X1, with yeah. I, or 11, I guess, with Iron Maiden. Um, what did you bring to Iron Maiden? What was sort of the unique thing that you brought to the band? And because, you know, replacing Bruce Dickinson and all that, it was sort of. It was it must have been a very difficult spot, but so so what did you contribute? What was sort of your legacy that you left when when it was over with Maiden? Well, my era is really the start of the progressive era, and there was no music written before I joined Iron Maiden. There was nothing ready for a new album. We started from scratch together, and Steve listened to my voice, and when he was writing. He wrote the songs with my voice in mind. And that's why I think things like Sign of the Cross and The Klansman turned out so well. And I did a lot of writing in the band. And I think those two albums really mark the change from what had come before on Somewhere in Time um, to the a real dark progressive era. And... Everywhere that people like these dark, intense, uh, emotional things, then that album is very popular. So, so that that's it, really. It's a different voice. It's a different approach. You know, I loved being in Iron Maiden. I, I absolutely loved it. I was a big fan of the band before, and uh, I love being a part of it and writing those songs and being in a band that doesn't have to compromise musically for anybody that can write for themselves. That was something that I felt great about. It's something I've carried on into my own career. All of the things that I learned from Steve Farris, he's such a generous person when it came to songwriting and he was a kind of mentor to me when I was in the band. And all of those things that I've learned, I've put 
into the songs and the music in my solo albums. So he's been a, a massive influence on, on my writing. But I think those albums now, it's 20 years ago, and fans who are getting into the band in, in recent times, when they go back and they find those albums, I think it's a bit of a surprise because the voice is so different to Bruce. And uh, and I get a lot of people come up to me with their new copies of The X Factor and Virtual Eleven and uh, and to sign. So it's really... It's really fun, and there are some songs on those albums that mean a lot to people, and that that's a, a really nice feeling for me. Yeah, and, and it's interesting, like because you mentioned that it's twenty twenty one years, especially in the X Factors case, as people have had a chance to let, to sit on them for twenty years, there seems to be an appreciation for them. It's sort of like when you talk about Kiss and the Elder, when they first came out, people went, "Oh, this is not the Kiss I love," and people went, "Oh, it's not the Maiden I know." And now, twenty years later, they go, "You know what?" We just judge it on the songs and on the music. This is pretty damn good. And it's got to feel rewarding, even if it might have taken some time to get there. But it's got to feel rewarding that fans have finally said, you know what, this was, this was really damn good. Yeah, it is a really nice feeling when, you know, people come up and they weren't around. Some of them weren't around at the time when those albums came out. And... I have great comments and some people who are really honest and say, well, I didn't like it at the time and, you know, I've had no choice but to go back and listen to them because I've listened to everything else to death. And, uh, and when I've gone back and listened to them without that kind of emotional attachment of my favorite singers left my favorite band, then it's been something that I've, started to understand and um it's a great feeling really and i feel very very privileged to have been a part of it and and to be in that era you know when there were so many changes in the industry and in the band itself that uh, I i was a part of that and i think that those records those CDs will stand the test of time. And I think they'll always have that deeper meaning. And, uh, and I'm, I'm really happy about that. It's very nice to meet fans who, who come up and say, well, it's still one of my favorite albums. Yeah. And, and, and listen, I'll, I'll have to be honest because, because music does have that emotional impact. When I first heard that, or I first heard the album that of Judas priest that had Tim on it, you go, ah, that's not my priest, that's not my maiden. But now you look back and, and the, that sort of emotional attachment sort of goes away and you go, you know what? That Man on the Edge song, God damn it, it's, it's bloody brilliant. It's a great song. <laughs> you know? oh, thanks, Ray. Um, were you When you were with the band real quick, did they make you feel like a member right from the get-go and you're part of this? Or was it like, hey, you're the new guy, just go sing and... We'll tell you what to do. No, we just, you know, we were, we started writing. We didn't do any shows. We started writing and we started getting the songs together. And we were being slagged off in the British press 
all of us, uh, they were saying that Maiden was dead. They were saying it was all over, that Maiden wouldn't survive without Bruce Dickinson and all of that. And then there was the the things that Bruce was saying in the press at the time. Um, yeah, we all felt like we were a band and we were up against it, really. And we had to do something pretty special. So, yeah. Yeah, and I, obviously I was new, but... Um, you know, I never felt excluded or anything. It it was the same thing that I had been doing. Just uh, the intensity was absolutely incredible compared to what I've been doing in Wolfsbane. Yeah, and and, and, it, and I guess it changed your life as well. In in terms that all all of a sudden you overnight you became a a known entity around the the rock world. And um, no, I wasn't as famous in Iron Maiden as I was when I was in Wolf Spain when we started. So nobody really recognised me. Um, not so many fans recognised me. People, A lot of people still thought that it was Bruce Dickinson. They didn't even know the singer had changed. So I didn't... It, that, that side of it didn't really change. It was just that there were so many more interviews to do. It was much more intense. And the tours were much longer, which I always dreamed of doing uh, long tours. So the X Factor tour lasted over nine months. And for me, that, it was just fantastic. I loved every minute of it. Yeah, that's great. And I know you mentioned recently in an interview that you would like to see Maiden do a show with all three of you. And, of course, from the fans' perspective, that would be a dream come true. Um, let's hope it happens. Yeah, well... I think it's it's mainly for the fans, really. I just think it would be so much fun. And I could imagine the arguments raging afterwards about who's the best singer, just like they've raged for years and years. So I think it would be so much fun. And oh, it's really nice when a, a, a band of maiden stature, when they go back and do something that is a bit nostalgic, I think fans really enjoy that. So Maiden are moving forward. They're always innovating. They're, you know, the albums that, they, that they've done recently have been really good and, and they've done some really different things on there. But I think it, it just would be a lot of fun. And uh, oh, when Paul's good. well enough to do it, and uh, I, I think it would be great. I don't think it will happen, but I would love it to happen. Yeah, I don't think so either, but it would just be nice. You know, one night in London, get all the cameras out there, make a Blu-ray out of it, just yeah. one piece where everybody sings a couple of songs or whatever. Anyway, we can we can dare to dream, and uh, there you go. Blake, yes. always a pleasure. I look forward to the show in Montreal. You're also in Ottawa. Uh, I look forward to both of those, and uh, thank you. Always, always a pleasure. Okay, thank you very, very much. And if you could ask people, please visit my website which is blazebailey.net and thanks to everybody for all of their support and making it possible for me to come and visit canada again absolutely thank you blaze cheers mate bye-bye bye-bye and there you have it folks my interview with singer blaze bailey please check out blazebailey.net and also on facebook official blaze bailey and with that, I bid you a fond farewell. Please check me out on Twitter at Mitch LaFon, Facebook one-on-one, Mitch LaFon, PayPal.me, Mitch LaFon, and on YouTube, I am there, hiding in a corner. Bye for now.
Cheers. Cheerio. Oh my.